This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-host, Raul and Shu. Got a really special guest with us. Uh, we're happy to have Duke head coach John Shire with us today. Really appreciative of his time. Um, you know, coach, I might embarrass you a little bit, but I want to go ahead and give our own little plug here for the kids listening in case they're not aware here. So, coach, as a senior, big time year for you. Led the ACC in points, free throw percentage, three point field goal percentage, offensive rating. Led the country in minutes played, win shares. Heck of a season. Ended in the, in a national title. Um, just the culmination of what you would want, I think, out of a college career. So that's our little recruiting plug there for for anyone listening. Um, twenty ten national champion as a player. Twenty fifteen national champion as an assistant coach. Before I kind of get get started here and jumping in, um, Coach, welcome to the pod, and I'll, I'll give it to you for a second. If I don't think you need to introduce yourself, but I'll, I'll stick a step back for a second. Well, thank you for having me. It's I, what I've been part of the program now for about fifteen years. I think this is my first invite to be a part of the Devil Devil's Den uh, podcast or in any way. So great to be with you guys. Uh, thank you for all your you know passion and support for our program and it means a lot so it's great to be with you guys for sure for sure um first year uh you know obviously there's a lot of adjustments going on moving over a seat i think you've kind of answered those questions to death there a little bit in terms of you know what that's been like but what about what does it mean for john shire take me back to like being a 16 17 year old kid than going to be a player at Duke and now being the head coach at Duke. Does that like resonate yet with you? Is it still too early to kind of even like look at it that way? Like, I don't know. What's that like for you? Well, I I think you reflect once. Okay. So I, Nina King called me and offered me the job, you know, June 1 of 21, right? Yeah. It's about two years ago. And uh, you think back when you're a 16 year old kid, you never think about the impact of the decision you make then. Mm-hmm. How it impacts something that came about 20 years later, almost 20 years later. And so, you know, again, I was fortunate to be recruited by a lot of great schools. Uh, but, you know, I have a picture with Coach K when I was 12 years old, you know, where he signed an autograph to me saying, always try your best. I took that to heart. And now, you know, if you would have told me at that time, that kid, hey, you're going to, 
succeed Coach K hmm. and you know be relied on to make sure this transition is what it needs to be. Um, I don't know if I would have believed that. And I was a big dreamer and always have had great confidence in myself that can do something special in this game. But for me, I think about the the pivotal times you make those decisions. The two I think of when I was 16 or 17 made the decision to come to Duke. And then when I was 25 to come back to Duke, uh, for a minute there, I thought it was going to be Northwestern to go with Chris Collins. And Coach K really pulled me back. And, you know, those if those things don't happen, I'm not here with you guys right now. I don't think I am, at least. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's uh, funny how things work out that way, you know. Um, and, and so the next I'm going to kind of transition a little bit here. I want to talk about that first year, a little bit of ups and downs. Um, but I think, you know, for a fan and maybe for a coach and player, too, the team really kind of started clicking at the right time. You get to that late February, that early March. That's when you want to be playing your best. Um, we've heard some of the players kind of reference the Miami game a little bit as sort of like, you know, they said that we didn't really need the Virginia loss. You know, technically we should have won that game, but, you know, hey, we won't we won't get into that here. Um, but walk us through a little bit for, of that for you of coming off two kind of, you know, tough losses and then being able to flip it around like as a player and then as a coach. What's that like? You know, how do you how do you give that then as the coach versus being on the other side of it? Well, I think it depends on the team that you have and, you know, the way that Coach K was with me as a player. It's a different era. You know, you have a team that's been together for multiple years. And so there's familiarity there. And with our team this past year, as you guys know, it's, you know, we had, you know, two of our 13 players knew what our program was about. 11 of them were new, seven freshmen and four graduate transfers. And so it's very, it was not very, it's, it was unique uh, with having so much turnover that hasn't happened in a long time here at Duke. And so I'm proud of, the fact that we took our lumps and then really I think you, you can either lose confidence when you get knocked back that way, or you can double down and say, we are this good and we can make this happen. And our guys double down. I think the key thing was they took ownership. They had a players only meeting and end of the day, we can want it so bad as a coach, but until your players feel this is the time, here's what we have to change. Uh, it's not going to happen. So I give them a ton of credit. You know, we had three, we won three in a row. You lose to Miami. We had a horrible performance. They kicked us around and give them credit. And like you mentioned, that Virginia game, we were ready to play. Mm -hmm. And we felt we didn't play our best, but still put ourselves in a position to win. And that really was the time where we were ready to take off fully healthy, enough experiences and you know, you run off nine in a row and win the ACC tournament championship. That's a special memory to have. How much of an advantage is it for you not being so far removed from being that player to be able to kind of like relate what it's like for these guys in real time and, and really just understanding how hard the game is? I think for fans and the older you get from playing, you can kind of forget of like, oh, it's an open corner three. You got to make that. Or, oh, this is a front end. You got to make that. It's a hard game, especially over 40 minutes. How big of an advantage is that for you, having that youth still being able to get out there and play with the guys in terms of being a coach? I feel it's a great advantage. And of course, there's there's always different strengths that coaches have. And I think for me at this point in time right now, an advantage I feel I have, you know, with our guys over really anybody is 
like you said, getting out there with them. And look, I'm far enough removed where I'm not, I don't feel the need to be their buddy or to try to be their friend, even though we have great relationships. I want to be their coach, uh, but also where I'm not, I'm very, I'm at peace with what my playing career was and I, I want to be the best coach possible. And so knowing I'm not asking any of our guys to do anything I haven't done myself in terms of the commitment, the dedication, the sacrifice, um, asking them that same thing. I think there's some credibility there. Uh, I found the last couple of years, I need to show a few more highlights for them to realize who I was a player. All right. So maybe I'll have them listen to the beginning of this podcast and calculate your running off. But um, they're, uh, that, that's been a fun thing for me just to be out there with them, even still, you know, as a head coach. And really kind of the whole staff seems to be able to really still get out there, kind of boots on the ground. Um, so that must be a, a big advantage as well. well. Let's transition a little bit and y'all jump in here. I just I'm kind of just going to run through it a little bit just for sake of time. But please jump in if you got something. Let's talk a little recruiting here. Um, obviously, it's been a pretty impressive run. These first two classes already in the books here. Um, what does that look like for you? Like it, it seemed like you just kind of slid right in and was like, okay, business as usual. Did that change from your former role as, as kind of under K versus being the head coach? Or was that pretty seamless? Well, it, it, it's seamless from the standpoint, you're still building relationships. You're still identifying the right people that you feel fits Duke, but it's different from, you know, you don't, you're not recruiting for coach K you're recruiting, of course, for Duke, but there's, had to, I think, proved myself and as a staff, and I, I feel we've done a great job of that. Um, and I give, you know, the class of 22, you know, Lively and Flip and Tyrese and Derek and all those guys, uh, I give them a lot of credit for putting their faith in us without being able to show what we can do. And I think now at least there's, um, I can, I can, sh we can show what we've done this past year, although uh, it will continue to be different. I think recruiting is is continuing to evolve, as you guys probably know. Uh, of course, everybody's going to transfer portal like crazy, where for us, we still feel the best way is to identify the right people from high school and to foster those relationships. Some may be one year, some may be multiple years, but it's, if it's the right person, we're going to recruit the heck out of them and want them to come to Duke. And I, I think we're one of the few that still does that, does it that way. And uh but we have to continue to look what it's going to look like in a year or two from now. Uh, you know, I'll say this too. I know I'm talking a lot, but I hope that's why you asked me on. I can yeah. give you my perspective. And it, you have the last few years, two, two things are going to change. One, of course, you have the COVID rule, right? Which you have one more year of that. Another thing that's going to happen less and less is redshirting. You know, it will happen on occasion. But no more redshirting from transferring and sitting out. Fewer and fewer kids will want to redshirt when they come to college because, you know, there's more of an uh, expectation to play right away. And so, our guys, have, you know, this past year, we had really five of our top seven guys were 18 or 19 years old. You're playing against 23, 24 times 25 year olds. Now you're going to it's not just going to be one year. I think it'll be a lot two years. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Because you're losing both of those things 
over the next couple of years. And so is that still a difference? Of course, experience is helpful and all that. Our best teams that I've been a part of, there's a great balance. 2015 is the best example. You had four stud upperclassmen. Uh, include, when I say upperclassmen, I mean sophomores. Right, sophomores yeah. We're older now. And we had four great freshmen. And that, that made for a great team. And so it's not an exact science. Uh, you try to anticipate who may be here, who's not going to be here, uh, while making sure we have enough incoming and then can add to it if we need to through the transfer portal. Do you mind if I follow up on that, John? It's Steve Clark. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Steve. Great to see you. Good to see you, too. Um, you were talking about recruiting, obviously, and I could pick up on it, like, with what you were saying. Like, you recruit with expectations in mind. Like, you as the coach have expectations, and the players you're bringing in as freshmen, they have expectations as well. And I think there's kind of a natural segue there to what you were talking about in light of you do, you do have that continuity with Flip and Tyrese and Mark Mitchell returning. And I know those guys came in probably with their own expectations as freshmen. And now you have a new class of freshmen that are, you know, just getting acclimated. So how did you kind of bridge those conversations and have those, you know, kind of have the meeting of the mind, so to speak, with those two different groups, knowing that, you know, Flip and Tyrese and Mark, you know, not all of them may have been here. You know, they may have chosen to go to the draft. Does that make sense? Right. Well, that's part of the unpredictability, you know, where... I can't, I, all I can do is tell our incoming recruits along the way what I anticipate to have happen. And yeah. if you look at the last, let's call it, you know, six to eight years, because I think, you know, you can't look at, you know, even when I played, the expectation to leave, you, you were frowned upon if you left, if you weren't a lock, top 15 pick, first round pick, there's more incentive to leave for less. And so, you know, all I can do. So if you look at the last six to eight years, most of the times those guys are going and flip is really a rare exception of the decision that he made, which by the way, I'm obviously ecstatic about and feel it's a great decision and he has a lot to work on and he's, he feels he has a lot more that he wants to accomplish at Duke. Um, But you don't fully know. And so you owe it to any player that has a decision to return where you want them to do what's best for them. So if it means coming back, that's, we're going to run, we're going to finish the race with you. Like that's, mm. that's what our job is. And then the same thing for an incoming freshman, we owe it to you to tell you the truth and what it looks like. Does it look a little bit different with some of those guys coming back? Absolutely. But it can be a great thing if we handle it the right way. And so I give uh flip, Mark, Tyrese, uh, Jeremy, all of them were in different positions, whether they could go to the draft or not. I promise you guys, they were getting recruited by other places. Mm-hmm. They're told by people they can go a certain spot in the draft. And they made really mature decisions. Uh, and I give our incoming freshmen a lot of credit for really sticking you know, to their guns, believing in themselves. And great things will happen from that. And it, now that doesn't change. You know, I uh, tell our team, can start five players. You know, we have 12 players on our team, can start five. Five can close a game. Um, I don't know how many players will play, but it's not going to be 12, right? So right. up to you guys now to earn it. And 
just because you played a certain role last year doesn't mean it's going to happen. Although, of course, there's credibility and value to what you guys have done. That doesn't mean it's just going to happen. So we've had some really competitive workouts already. Uh, and I, I only see that going up as uh, the preseason goes along. I've got one more follow-up on this, if that's okay. You referenced the 2015 team, and you referenced the veterans that you had on that team. With You know, you had a Matt Jones on that team. You had an Emil Jefferson. And those guys, you know, from what, we, what we've heard from, you know, the freshman group, those guys over time, they really were welcoming of those freshmen who were having a major impact on the program for, for that season. How are you seeing your, your returners, your upperclassmen, so to speak, what kind of leadership role are they taking on with the incoming freshmen? Like, what are you, what are you observing along those lines, the way you saw with guys like Emil and Matt did, you know, back in 2015? It's a key point uh, because so much now, the way our game is, it, be, it becomes so individualized. And, you know, Jeremy hasn't been on the court yet with them. Flip has not. Mark has not. They're, st- they're getting closer, but we're – really taking it slow with getting them back fully, not just healthy because they are healthy, but uh, conditioning, strength, all that stuff. Tyrese has been incredible every single day with our guys. Uh, They have a routine they do early in the morning. Uh, Ryan Young is incredible. Uh, If you you were at one of our workouts, he's always talking. He's always bringing energy. He's always encouraging guys. And he's as as selfless of a player – that I've been around, truly, probably to a fault. But all he wants to do is win, literally. Like, whatever that means, he will do if that means we can win. And, and by the way, we can – this is this is a good – we got a good thing going. If you, 815, does that work? That works. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Coach, I, I wanted to jump in. I've got a question for you. Yeah. Um, jumping back to the recruiting, um, I've been doing this for a while, and I followed you back when you – I think we actually covered you when you were a recruit. Um, so I want to kind of talk about the ever-changing atmosphere in college basketball right now, NIL, transfer portal, and balancing that with high school recruiting. Like I know every now and then you guys look at the portal. How difficult is it for you as a program who values relationships, who values that two, three-year buildup to a kid committing? How difficult is that for you to condense that down to a week or two? when you're looking at like the transfer portal? It's it's difficult because you, you want to build a great relationship and you want to make sure it's the right fit. And I feel it has to be a very specific person to really crush it the right way at Duke. Uh, but that's why there's, look, it's all, it's a revolving cycle, right? Like if, excuse me, like if for us, if we don't continue to have a certain caliber of player, then it's hard to get the next crop because they don't know what it's going to look like for them. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's always important for us. And that's for anybody. Like part of the reason, look, we, we talked to a few kids in the spring and looked at some different transfers. End of the day for me, I wanted everybody in our team to see daylight where they could earn, earn minutes. And we have that. We have that 100%. That doesn't mean everybody plays, but that means everybody has the opportunity to earn minutes. And so, you know, I'm very cautious about over-recruiting. Like that's something I don't, you know, I always want our guys to feel that 
daylight. And once you start going into the transfer portal, you know, just bringing in guys, it's hard for the right guys out of high school to know whether you're going to do that or not. And I think our uh, with how selective we've been uh, is a key thing. And we talk about it with the kids we're recruiting. I think it's well noticed. Uh, what are we? One of two schools, I think, in the country that haven't had a kid transfer or mm-hmm. transfer in. I think the reality is you have to expect that, you know, can happen going forward. That's, you know, really rare. Uh, but for the most part, the retention and then continuing to recruit the right guys from high school is go- going to be the key for me, John. And of course, transfers like Ryan Young. How valuable is he? Are you kidding me to get a Ryan Young? But it's in addition to the core group that we have. And, uh, you know, now Ryan's a leader for us, core piece. And uh, but it's again, it's not six guys. It's, you know, one or two or three. How how was it how was it for you having to break uh Ron's bad habits from Chris Collins coaching him? Man, it, we're still trying to break his bad habits. <laughs> it's not, he's, we're kidding. Uh, I love CCU. I know. Well, so am I. And <laughs> look, it, it's the the thing with Ryan, and it's such a luxury, especially last year when you have seven freshmen and you're trying to teach them how to play defense and what's going to work in college, what's not his fundamentals him knowing defensive rotations, it was huge for our team. Uh, And obviously it's going to be important for our team this year as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Going back to, you know, on those topics, how how much of a kind of a feather in the cap of, of you and your staff is it that, I mean, you know, you took over as a rookie head coach. You had one guy coming back who was, who was a rotation guy, and yet you're able to to build a team that not only comes together, but also comes together and makes early decisions. So, like, like you said, I know you got everyone's got to make the best decisions for themselves, but, you know, how big was it for you guys to have the team pretty much say, hey, we're sticking together by, what, two weeks after the season? I mean, I'm assuming that was huge for you guys. It's It's a big deal. I mean, it, it really is. And, you know, look, I'm, I'm proud of that. I, I think it speaks more to uh, the people that we were able to recruit and come here. And, of course, they wouldn't come back if they didn't believe in our vision and, you know, what, we, what we're capable of doing. But, you know, for Flip a few weeks after the season, for Tyrese a week after the season to make those decisions, premature – but also they've been very hungry for more. 
And so, so often we all see it, but so often people are always looking to the next thing. Like what's next? I need to get high school kids. I need to get to college or I need to get to the next step in colleges. I need to get to the NBA and they want to handle their business now. Like they want to make sure they're the best version of themselves now and in order to make it long-term in the NBA. And I think that's a credit to them. Uh, and, you know, our staff, John, to your question, our staff does an amazing job fostering and building these relationships. You know, they're, you know, Jay Lucas, Chris Carwell, what Emil Jefferson was for us in that regard. I mean, just really relatable, down to earth, but honest, you know, holding our guys accountable. Uh, that's re really an important thing. I wanted to ask you about Filipowski. Uh, you mentioned already how unique his decision was to come back in this day and age. What do you kind of think was the primary motivating factor for him? I'm sure you had some conversations about it. Well, you know, I don't think I've ever said this before, but it's funny with Flip. I remember after he committed to us and, you know, we're looking to recruit the next class as well. And he called me one day. He's like, coach, you know, I just and this is when he's ranked, you know, top five in the country or number two, three, whatever, whatever it was. And he's like, just so you know, like I, I plan on being here for more than a year. So whoever you're <laughs> recruiting, that wasn't the first time I've heard that though. So there's a part of me that's all right. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you want to be here. For <laughs> and, uh, but something about it, I felt he was very authentic and real when he said it. And so like, I wasn't surprised when he came in after the year and said he wanted to come back. I really wasn't because knowing him so well. Um, but it, I, ever since that conversation, that one day in high school, ever since we recruited him in that way, um, you know, doesn't mean though he had a great year. I mean, he had as good of a freshman year as there was. You know, Brandon Miller had a big time year. I think besides him, I think he got points of flip for having, you know, as good of a freshman year in the country. And so how many guys would come back in that case? Yeah, I just, it, it's, it doesn't happen. And what has he been kind of working on over the summer? I know it's been a little bit limited because of his injury and surgery and all that, but I was at media today, today obviously, and uh, watching the shoot-arounds, it looked to me like he's more on balance than last year. I don't know if that's something you've noticed or not. It's kind of crazy when you think about the season that he had, and he was hardly able to bend last year. You know, so the the surgery that he got, basically, he wasn't able to the joint one go in the socket where he couldn't bend and be in a defensive stance. And so, you know, we have I'm always messing with him. Like, I, I can't wait to see your defense this year. <laughs> I can't wait to see you run. I can't wait to see you jump. Like he, he's he was limited with what athletically and he still was able to have, you know, a big time year. And so his strength, like if you look at his numbers, what he's done with his squats and we we have tracking in our weight room where it, it tracks not just how much you lift is great but also how explosive you are with how you lift and he's become one of the strongest guys on our team uh the job that nick potter and jose fonseca have done with him every single day uh is incredible and because of it you know it's was well, july middle of july and he's shooting he's you know moving on the court i mean he's a he's at least two weeks ahead of schedule possibly a month and you know trey jones is a guy who's in the same position 
when he had this similar uh, injury. So I think we're going to see a completely different player, uh, just an added dimension strength-wise. Like you said, balance. Uh, he just needs to shake off some rust, you know, shooting and all that. Now he needs to get his touch back. But I love what he's done so far. Can I follow up on your defensive comment, uh, John? So obviously you're going to have the benefit of continuity of guys who know how you want to play defense as a team. Right. But you also lose Derek Lively. So I'm sure defense is going to look a little bit different because you're not going to have, you know, the unicorn, you know, so to speak back there. So when you think about the benefit of the continuity that you have and how good you guys got defensively as the season went on, like what are you looking forward to as the head coach with the defensive capabilities of the team? Well, we, we still have really good individual defenders. You know, I think our incoming freshmen can really guard. Uh, but it's – you're a lot more confident guarding when you know you got, you know, be live coming behind you to protect the rim and block shots. So we'll have to play differently on defense. And we haven't, you know, gone into that too much. I want to always – you know, I think this is something great that Coach K always did that I want to make sure we do. I'm not jumping the gun – of putting in a system before seeing the team on the court. And my expectation, my hope is next week, uh, besides flip, we can see the whole group together. And obviously look, he's a big, I I know who he is though. And so it's, it's easier to imagine what that looks like. And so defensively uh, we need to continue to be creative. You know, our our defense kind of morphed by the end of the year um, based on what our strength was and our strength was size, length, we didn't create as many turnovers as I would have liked, but we really protected our rim. We really made people score over the top of us. And you make people, you know, hit shots over you. And, you know, in the Tennessee game, give Conwell credit. You know, Conwell has 27 points. You know, he was not a great shooter overall. You know, he had a day. Uh, you got to give him credit. And, you know, we'll have to – of course, play a little bit differently. But I'm excited because I think it's conducive to the style overall. I, I said it earlier today. I want us to play faster. Uh, I think we can put a lot of skill on the court, a lot of shooting on the court. And so what does that do for our offense? Obviously, for defense, we need to be smart, too, uh, with you know maybe being a little, a little bit smaller than, that, than last year. Mm-hmm. I got a great follow-up to that, too, Steve. Um I was going to kind of nerd out a little bit, but you, you kind of segued me to it. I think it's even more impressive now on the fan side. You're talking about not implementing a system until you've got to see the guys. But last year, we've talked about it a lot on here. Um, y'all were pretty deep in the bag offensively in terms of some of the stuff we were running. Now we saw some of the horns that that kind of stayed over, but a lot of the like Spain pick and roll, the Iverson screen, some of the elevator stuff y'all were doing. How... I don't want to use the word difficult. Um, what was that like with such a new roster to get that level of kind of precision, the level of cutting, the types of screen actions that y'all were doing? How long did that kind of take to get everyone up to speed? It, it, it took us the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, for me, uh, you know, a couple of my coaching friends, I think even Coach K at one point, you know, said I was, you know, even surprised with our defense because, you know, really – offensively my mind is always I've I feel that's come natural to me you know in offense and I've you know of course what we've done has been great over the years here at Duke uh the game is continuing to evolve in the NBA always watching that uh I've taken some things I learned when I was playing in Europe which I think is strategically 
as high of a level as you can get when you think about actions, concepts, uh, those kinds of things. And, you know, like when you have seven freshmen, really five of them were used to having the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge adjustment knowing how to move without the ball, how to cut, how to space, how to be ready to shoot, how to make quick decisions. Uh, it was helpful having a Ryan Young and Jacob Grandison. Uh, thought our staff did a great job of really, again, figuring out for that team, we had to be more of a power team. You know, we're going to pound you inside and, you know, get Flip in there, get Ryan Young in there, uh, D-Live and pick and roll. Uh, and, you know, it was fun having a guy that's such a lob threat. You know, we had some good actions where you empty a side and you put the defense in a position. Do you help on him on the lob? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, stay with, you know, a Derek Whitehead playing behind or, uh, you know, Jacob Grandison. So uh, this year we'll have – my goal is to have less in and have more where we're reading and reacting, playing faster. Uh, but it's also – up to our team, you know, one of the things when we did that last year, we turned the ball over too much and we have to take better care of the ball. And that's on me in the preseason to make sure that's on point. I think our guard play is going to really help a lot with that. Uh, But uh, it was definitely took us some time, but I was happy where we ended up with that. For sure. For sure. And and coach, I do want to be cognizant of your time here a little bit. So I'm going to shift a little bit here. Talk to us a little bit about who who Coach Shire is on the sidelines, because I think for a lot of fans, right, we've had 40 years of watching K and not that there's multiple ways to do this. um, But for you, knowing how competitive you are, how does that look as a head? Is there almost like a, you know, hazing probably isn't the right word, but like you're having to gain credibility with refs. You're having to kind of figure out, okay, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to figure out. What does that look like in real time? Like, how do you kind of figure that out? Or do you have to wait to like after the season almost to then step back and, and kind of recalibrate? I think it's uh, it's definitely a combination, right? I mean, there's strategy involved, of course, uh, as you head into the season of anticipating how can how can people react to you as a first time head coach or any coach succeeding Coach K? I mean, there's you can say it's. You know, it's going to be the same and normal. Human nature is human nature. There's, there's, can be good things that come with that. There can be bad things that come with that. And I felt it was really important to show poise for a young team. Uh, that was something that, like, I'm always, I'm not a guy that gets rattled easily. Like, that's, I'm going to feel that way on the sideline no matter what. But I felt our team this year, that's what we needed. We may need something different next year. And, you know, look, are you more comfortable coaching? game 36 than you are game one absolutely you know for me there's and you know i've again i've been lucky to see a guy in coach k do it his way of being able to interact with officials uh motivate the team uh coach strategy and x and o's um i probably have a have a little bit of a different style and i think that's what makes me who i am and uh, you know, passionate, uh, fiery, poised. All I want to be all those things for our team, whatever they need. Uh, but year two, you'll probably see some different sides of me you haven't seen in year one. I can tell you that much too. We're gonna see you <laughs> rip off the jacket. That's yeah. <laughs> well, it's not a jacket. Just you know, right. split the polo. Yeah. <laughs> right. Say never. You know, there's there's some things that for our team, it's. It, you want to make sure you're always having their backs with stuff that happens. And, uh, you know, I wasn't happy with the way some things went this year, 
not placing blame on anything. That's part of the game. That's what you deal with. Uh, but I'll be I'll be voicing that for sure. <laughs> Coach, I wanted to go back to a, a just the last recruiting question I have for you. Um, what are the best stories or memories you have from your personal recruitment? Um, it, I remember um, Coach Collins telling a story about celebrating in the stands when he and Kay were watching you uh, something your senior year. And then um, once you recall that, um, last question, what did Coach K say to you that sealed the deal um, that made you want to come to Duke? So um, I guess I'll touch on that first. I remember, you know, I was down to three schools. There was Arizona, Illinois, and Duke. And each school came to the to my high school to make their final pitch, kind of. And I remember, uh, for me, I wanted the people. I'm very close. I've always been very close to, uh, of course, my mom, two sisters, my dad, uh, but my grandmother at the time, my nana, uh, my aunt. I asked them to come to the school as well. All right, so it's me and my dad and five women who really care about I'm the youngest, like I'm the baby. Right. And so, uh, Chris Collins, uh, coach K were there and coach K just gives this amazing, I hate to call it a speech, but passionate talk about, uh, his vision, not just for me at Duke, but his vision for my life, like where Duke could take me. And I remember about halfway through as he's talking, you know, Chris is getting emotional because he went to the high school. And all of a sudden I look over and every woman in the room, my entire family was crying. Like they were like so emotional because Coach K just broke it down so eloquently. And I realized right then, like this is, I'm going to Duke. Flash forward to my senior year, I'm committed to Duke. And I've proceeded to break every one of Chris Collins' record, <laughs> except for two. Most field goal attempts ever taken, okay? <laughs> that record. Still, I think it was 45 shots in a game. And then number two was most points in a game, which is 54, all right? And so him and Coach K came to watch me play, and I had 31 points. And this is minute minute 15 left in the game, and it's the game where, you know, I scored 21 points in 75 seconds. I have 52 points. <laughs> I'm bringing the ball up the court. And so the story goes, they they call an offensive foul on me instead of a de- defensive foul where I'd be shooting two free throws, and I foul out. Everybody's pissed and upset, and Chris is up in the stand with his arms raised. Happy <laughs> 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 because we couldn't, uh, I couldn't beat his record. Oh, that's great. I got to follow up off of that. Separate from the playing recruiting stories, how about on the flip side, John? What's your best, favorite, whatever you want to call it, recruiting memory as a coach? Like most memorable conversation, funniest conversation you ever had. Is there one that you could, one or two you could share with us that, as a coach, whether it be head coach, you know, associate head coach, what, wherever you want to land, anything you could share? Well, I think back to the first home visit I was ever a part of where a kid committed, and it was Jason. And uh, Jeff Capel, Coach K, and myself went to Jason's house, and it was him, uh, his his mom, his dad, his uh, grandmother, uh, uh, aunt, uh, his best friend, 
And uh, I remember that his mom, um, tacos, I think it still is, but tacos, you know, was his favorite meal. And so we had tacos right when we got there. Uh, and it's the only time I've ever seen Coach K drink a drink a beer, you know, because she had beer. She didn't have wine. He's a wine guy. So am I, by the way. <laughs> and, and, you know, all, of course, you can't say no, you know, so we're all having a beer and uh, just having such a natural conversation. And Coach K is so passionate about Jason coming to Duke. He's just he's talking and talking. And I can see Jason's kind of trying to get in there at some time. And Jason at this time, like never spoke, you know, like he would give you one word and that was it. And so um, at the end of coach K, you know, he's talking about why he needs to come to Duke. Uh, I think Jeff or I kind of added it. Like, do you guys have anything to say? And Jason basically in little words as possible said, he's coming to Duke, but he didn't say he's coming to Duke. He kind of was, you know, fumbling his words a little bit and his dad, you know, stepped up and said, just to be clear, Jason's coming to Duke. And, you know, we all celebrated, uh, hugged, you know, joked, laughed, and uh, it's a pretty special feeling. Uh, obviously, who he is as a player and how that's turned out is great mm-hmm. and who he is as a person. But the first one to be a part of that, to see it happen in person, uh, and then to keep that relationship, that, that's just a special thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, one of the best official visits we've ever had, hands down, is Jalil Okafor, Justice Wynn, Tyus Jones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all the parents. Yeah. And all the parents. It was it was an amazing visit of just you didn't feel like you're on a visit. You felt like you were just having a great time with great people. That was a lot of fun. Something I'll never forget. Yeah, shouts yep. to Chucky. Chucky was the man. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, a lot of entertainment for that. For yeah, sure. that's, yeah. And it worked um, out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. complain. Can't complain. Uh, last thing I got for you, uh, Coach, is I wanted to, you know, again, it took 40 years, right? But at a point, Duke and Krzyzewski became almost synonymous, right? And there was such an influx of family, especially Coach K's family. We see the MYK Center. His daughters are everywhere. What does that look like eventually for the Shire family? I know that your parents are very involved. We've seen them at a lot of games. Um, your wife got two small or two small kids now. Um, what eventually does that look like for you? Or do you keep those kind of separation of work and, and family? Well, I think time will tell. The thing that I know is, you know, Coach K's family to me. You know, like his daughter Debbie works in our program still. We're as close as could be, you know, and I think that's what is so unique about this transition. Um, Coach K and our, you know, my relationship is special. Like that's so, so one, that doesn't go away. The things you were saying with Coach K, I still hope he's connected for the rest of his life with our program the way uh, it's a different way, of course, not being the head coach, but he's at Duke and he's done, nobody's done more for the school than he has. Uh, as far as my family goes, I think. Time will tell. My wife has been incredible behind the scenes of getting involved in the children's hospital. Uh, you know, she has a background of being a nurse and really being involved with them. They're doing some amazing work. Uh, and of course, I want my kids to grow up with it, to feel a part of it as much as possible. I miss them because of how much I'm on the road, but I mm-hmm. want them to come to a practice, come be around the team, and our guys are great. Uh, but at the same time, I never want them to be consumed by it. You know, that's it's I want them to be kids. I want them to 
live their own lives. Uh, but it's uh, it's a special thing. We have a great family atmosphere. And, you know, Jay Lucas has his son who comes around and they're the same age. My daughter and his son are the same age. So it's a pretty cool thing. For sure, for sure. Um, well, Coach, I know we've, we've kept you too long here. We really appreciate you taking the time out and coming on and kind of breaking some things down for us. Um, we'll let you get out of here. I know there's a lot to do. Big summer. Uh, again, congrats on a great first year. We're all looking forward to, to year two here, especially with the roster that we got. I think there's a lot of reason for optimism and excitement so far um, here in Durham. So appreciate it, Coach. Take care. Thank you all for having me. Great seeing you guys. All right. We want to thank Coach Shire again for coming on and giving um, giving us some of his time and really sharing that with us. We really appreciated that. Obviously, uh, we were at Media Day today at Duke. Um, so a lot more stuff will be showing up on the boards regarding some of the quotes, some of the stuff going on uh, about the current gr- crop of guys and uh, the play style. And you can listen to his press conference as well. Um, but just really appreciate him taking the time out of his day to come chat with us for a little bit. We really hope you all enjoyed that. Um, you know, in the meantime, do the usual rate, review, subscribe. You can email us at thedevilsdenpod at gmail.com. You can find us on the boards at thedevilsden.com. We're on Twitter at devilsdenpod247. Um, and uh, we got a few more of these kind of lined up over the summer. So, you know, stay tuned for all of that stuff. We're looking to do Peach Jam with Steve Clark, who is with us tonight. So, We'll recap some of that stuff as well. Um, and if you missed it or if you haven't checked it out yet, make sure you go back and check out our uh, pod with Mark Mitchell. So, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of brotherhood guys coming through this summer. So, uh, you know, keep the faces strong in the verb high. Go Duke.